0: Chicago's afternoon news, seven twenty, WGN. A lot of talk about what is happening on the nation's railways, uh, locally and nationally, and everyone is doing what they can to avert a strike. David Lassen is with Trains Magazine. This is his life, and uh, it looks like we've got uh, we've got some issues with Amtrak because they're anticipating that there could be a work stoppage. That's what I saw you post, David. Um, is everybody kind of bought into the fact that this is going to happen?
1: I think right now, if you had to bet, that would be the way to wager, um, Lisa, It, it um, which is a little bit of a surprise. I think uh, a few months ago, we would have figured this would have been resolved. But a lot has happened to get us to this point. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, Amtrak has just announced that, or, or as earlier today announced that they're going to start suspending some of their operations on their long distance routes so that people aren't stranded, uh, midway across the country. Um, those are, uh, three trains, or four trains actually that all originate or terminate in Chicago. Um, the, uh, empire builder, the, uh, California Zephyr, the, uh, Southwest chief and the, um, LA to, uh, San Antonio section of the Texas Eagle, um, that's a new development, and, and it's just because those trains operate on freight railroads, and so if the freight railroad shut down, they can't continue.
0: So about 40% of the nation's long-distance trade is moved by rail. That's more than any other form of transportation. At the Union Strike, I'm reading, David, that it says 7,000 trains would be idled, and the rail industry is estimated it would cost the economy of up to $2 billion a day. Now, I know there's been a cooling-off period, but that ends on Friday. Does that mean the strike could be imminent after Friday?
1: It it could start on Friday morning, 12.01 a.m. on Friday, but the thing is we don't know that it will. The the unions that have not settled at that point, and as of right now, there are 12 unions involved uh, in these negotiations with six major railroads. Eight unions have reached tentative agreements, although those haven't been um, ratified by their members, Four unions still have not reached agreement. Two, we expect to reach agreements. Two, we do not at this point. And those two are the, basically the operating unions, the engineers and the conductors. Um, they have grievances that go beyond the salary issues that have brought most of the other uh, unions to uh, to uh, agree to a, a new contracts. Um, they are upset about work rules and working conditions. Because of uh, changes in the way that railroads operate, they feel like um, they have been placed in a condition where they're really carrying the burden for a lot of things that the railroads are doing now. So they yeah. want changes that have not been part of the um, tentative plan that um, have led to most of the other agreements. Uh, to backtrack just a little bit, the, um, the, the it's a pretty Byzantine process that it, that uh, is involved in these nego- this negotiating process. The, uh, there's a uh, Railway Labor Act that um, dictates a lot of steps. We're kind of at the end game, which is a presidential emergency board, which was uh, selected by President Biden, studied the situation, made its recommendations, which include a uh, 24% compounded raise over a five-year period, um, some changes to health care. Um, but they left the work rule part for further negotiation or arbitration, and that has those uh, two um, operating unions uh, really disappointed.
0: Yeah, I, I I know from people who work in the industry that they've been hiring aggressively, but for the past six years they reduced their workforce by 29 percent. So they had to know this was coming.
1: Well, the, 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 what happened, basically, you know, when the, when the pandemic hit and everything shut down, they um, dramatically reduced their workforce because there wasn't any freight moving. They, this has kind of historically been the pattern for roads. When things slow down, they, re, they lay people off. When things pick up, they bring them back. What changed this time is people didn't come back, sort of, the, you know, as we've seen with the great resignation in a lot of areas. Um, the workers just didn't come back. And so it's been really difficult for them to hire again. A lot of people have decided that uh, they don't really like the working conditions, you know, salary or no salary. And so even now as they're hiring, they're finding retention is an issue. So um, you're seeing a situation where um, trains are sitting because they don't have the crews to run them.
0: Geez, two of the largest railway railroad unions are in negotiations. That with Dave, that's what David just said. He's with Trains Magazine, and they've drawn a line in the sand. They're demanding more quality-of-life provisions to be put into the contract, covering attendance policies, vacation in six sick, sick days, or they said they'll strike, and you're saying they could strike at 12.01 a.m. on Friday morning.
1: Correct, but they don't necessarily have to. They could wait, and in fact, in some ways, they might now at this point be better off waiting a little bit because the railroads have started um, basically, turning away business in anticipation of a a, a strike, and um, if the uh, the union could sort of call their bluff now and continue working, and then you know the railroads have turned away this business, and and then what do they do? I, I mean, you know, it's been 30 years since we've had a national work stoppage, and I don't think anybody really knows exactly how this is going to play out. But certainly, the odds of a full settlement are not good.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, David. I have a feeling we'll be reaching out to you toward the end of the week again.
1: Be happy to talk to you some more as things sort out.